Hey guys, welcome back to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. I'm Jordan. And I'm Taylor. We will be discussing the HBO Max series Made for Love today. I'm excited to to talk about it because I feel like I haven't really seen that many people discussing it, but there is a lot to discuss and um, I'm excited to hear how Jordan felt about it. And I'm excited to hear about how you felt about it. (laughs) Good. I would hope so. (laughs) But per usual, first, TV news. I'm going to go first because I'm really excited because I told Jordan, I was like, this is the best kept secret in Hollywood. Master of None season three is coming out on May 23rd. On Netflix, and they're focusing on Lena Waithe's character, um, and the trailer looked very good. It ca- the trailer was just released today, and um, I loved it. Yeah, I didn't even see the trailer yet. Well, I'm excited to oh, watch that. I you, I'm excited for you to watch it. I can't believe it's less than a month. I know it's just like so fun that it's just like oh we finished filming this thing and here it is in a month uh Lena Way's character is like in a is clearly like in a relationship with someone who's played by Naomi Aki who we love and know as Bonnie from the end of the effing world and also uh Star Wars Rise of the Rise of Skywalker and also really excited about that yeah that's really really good news yeah i think that's a good move because to focus on lena waith yeah not not because i think like um aziz is like fully canceled or anything like that but i just think that there's um we've covered so much of his character's experience already Mm -hmm. you know and the one episode that did focus on Lena Waith, the Thanksgiving episode, was one of the highlights of the whole show. Totally. Yeah, I'm excited about that. And it really, I just kind of assumed it was never actually happening. So it's like, I'm still in shock. Yeah, same. <laughs> My first piece of news is that they are trying again to make How <laughs> I Met Your Father series. Um, this time, instead of Greta Gerwig, which was really strange to look back <laughs> on that little fun fact... Um, it's going to star Hillary Duff and it's for Hulu and I don't okay I think this is exciting especially since we all know we're not getting a Lizzie McGuire grown-up series anymore mm-hmm. um, I am not a fan of How I Met Your Mother though mostly because I think it's very sexist humor um and also, like, that style of sitcom is played out. I'm, I, so I really hope they just keep the idea and don't try to make it feel like the original show. So I'm, like, half excited, mostly just intrigued. Mm-hmm. But I just had to get that out there. Yeah, I had that bookmarked as well. I actually, I don't know if I've ever even watched How I Met Your Mother. So I don't even know really anything about it. Um, but I'm really happy for Hilary Duff. Yeah, and I I mean, I think she was really vocal about how bummed she was that they weren't going to get to do the type of Lizzie McGuire reboot show she had envisioned and was really excited about. So I'm glad that um, she's going to, like, headline this new buzzy thing. Mm -hmm. Me too. Yeah. Consider me intrigued. 
Um, okay, my next item of business is um, Apple released their first trailer for season two of Ted Lasso. And I actually never saw the trailer like floating around, so I haven't seen it yet. Um, but it is apparently set to stream on July 23rd. And I would assume if it's similar to the first season, it's going to be like a week by week thing. Um, but exciting and also feels pretty soon. Yeah, seriously. But enough time for me to finally watch season one now that I'm officially an Apple TV plus head. True. (laughs) You know, so. And honestly, it goes by so fast. It's like a one day, maybe two day thing. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Well, also, I mean, like, I didn't even know that the first season was dropped weekly. I feel like I had never even heard of it until it was, like, almost all um, available. So, very interesting. Yeah. Something that is um, a person that we both love so much, Maya Erskine from Pen15, they announced that she just got cast in the Disney Plus Obi-Wan Kenobi show, which is just really stacking up the people in the cast of people that basically are universally loved, you know? Mm -hmm. So very excited about that, that she'll be, yeah, like she'll be in the Star Wars fam. Really, really happy for her. I'm fresh out of TV news. So if you have another one, go for it. Um, I only have one more. It's brand new, fresh news today. (laughs) Um, They dropped the trailer for season two of special on netflix oh my gosh i forgot about how much i love that show i know i follow uh ryan o'connell on instagram and so i knew he'd he'd been like dropping hints that season two was on its way um he's also a very funny instagram follow people out there he does some q a's sometimes on his stories in there he'll always hilarious um but yeah, season two looks good. He It's also the final season. I In this article from Entertainment Weekly I was reading today, he said that Netflix told him pretty early on that it was going to be the last season. But he's like, I appreciated that so then I could actually create like a complete final season, mm-hmm. which is cool. So we know it won't really leave us on like a cliffhanger, which I appreciate. Um, and very important to note, Season one, the episodes are 15 minutes. Season two, they are going to be 30 minutes, which I I like that for him. I'm a little <laughs> sad for us because we love a 15 minute long show. Yeah, we Pretty were like, cool, this but... is iconic. We wish everyone did this. <laughs> Seriously. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm happy for him. And we do love a 30 minute show. But 15-minute show is really the, the gold <laughs> standard in my book. <laughs> Which is crazy that Quibi didn't stand a chance. I know. Wow. I guess it's like that was just a little too short. Yeah. 15 minutes is that sweet spot, I guess. Yeah. But And the ability to watch it on my TV when I want to. <laughs> okay, for our top three, we're playing off of uh, one of the main themes from... The HBO show Made for Love. And I think uh, it'll be better suited to have our uh, brief rundown of what the show is about before we dive into our top three. So, Jordan, tell everyone what Made for Love is all about. 
Well, I am going to refer directly to IMDb because I don't really want to spoil anything or give too much info at this point. And I feel like this is very informative and yet vague. Okay, it says, uh, Made for Love is a comedy series um, that is darkly absurd and cynically poignant story of love and divorce. It follows Hazel Green, a 30-something woman on the run, after 10 years in a suffocating marriage to Byron Gogol, a, con- a controlling tech billionaire. Something, I guess, that would be relevant is, like, the tech billionaire, he's, like, created this whole environment to live in is another part I would add to that. Yes. So they're basically like living in this, um, basically what looks like a storage box, like a storage cube, but inside of it is like a whole new world that's like created from technology and like visual effects, basically. And one of the things that they don't have in this world is um, smells. And that's one of the things that the main character really misses is uh, being able to smell things. So for our top three, um, we are naming off our top three smells that we would bring with us if we had to be in the cube. Is that what it's called? The cube? Well, no. The whole place is called the hub. The hub. That's the word I was thinking of. But they do talk about the smell cube where you can have smells. Yes. That's where I was getting mixed up. So, Jordan, what's one of the smells you would ask for slash bring with you? Well, I don't think it's... um, I think it's like a not, not surprising and relatable thing that two of the things that are really my favorite smells are food. The first one... (laughs) Um, I'm going to say, I can't, I can't narrow it down between like, like some kind of garlicky, like garlic bread or like pizza, mm-hmm. like a pizza crust. It's kind of all like all those smells kind of kind of merging to me and I really can't choose between those two things, but I'm also hungry right now and I <laughs> wish I were smelling that and eating it right now. <laughs> Me too. Thanks for thanks for mentioning it. <laughs> You're welcome. I was also trying to I kind of went with like I would did like a food a like cleanish smell and like one just like a general scent that I love. Mm-hmm. And for my so for my food smell, I went with bacon. It's just like my mm. dad makes bacon every single Sunday. And you can smell it like outside of the house before you even walk in. And it just makes me really happy. And I would probably get really sick of it if that's the only food smell that was available. But that's my choice. That's a really good one. So I guess I would just smell like bacon all the time. Well, I mean, imagine if you couldn't smell any bacon ever. Exactly. It'd be really sad. I'd rather smell like bacon. Yeah. My next kind of like home scent I guess is the category I would say um you know I'm not I'm a simple gal with simple tastes and (laughs) my favorite candle for like the last year and since I've been home for the majority of every day 
my favorite candle is just a it's just a ten dollar target candle and my favorite one is right now is the sparkling yuzu scent it's a it's a knockoff it's like a fake one of the capri blue candles um Mm -hmm. it's like one of their i looked online on capri blue to really see exactly what scent it was i couldn't remember but it's like kind of one of their pinkish i don't think they have it right now that i could see but it's like it's not even just the the normal volcano one it's like a different one and it's so good and i love it but i would be i would be fine to settle for the target version because that's the kind i know the best and it smells like um home to me right now wow i love that very special and also what a great thing for our listeners that you just gave them the hot tip of the target dupe yeah it's one of the opal house ones and i know exactly which capri blue one it smells like because last year my roommate got one as like a present i think and i was like wow this smells just like that other candle that is more (laughs) expensive that i loved love it my second smell um this would be more for like like showering and like hair products Mm. and like lotions um okay i love everything like coconut smell like I have like coconut smelling shampoo and conditioner. Yeah. So I think, I think that I would be okay and not be, cause I think it's like tame enough that it wouldn't be like overpowering. And I don't think I've really ever gotten sick of it. So I would go with coconut. Love it. That's a great, yeah. I love coconut smell and taste. Me too. So I get that. And that's a great answer. Thank you. And it also is like has that kind of like beachy, vacationy vibe to it as well. Yeah. So that is like a whole it other layer. It would match the vibe of the cube. Mm-hmm. For my final smell, um, I, I, I think that in the show, um, they totally. I was trying to narrow it down to one Disneyland smell, but I think they have the technology to create a cube where it's like going through almost every delicious Disneyland smell all day. So it would be like sometimes you smell Pirates of the Caribbean, sometimes you smell a corn dog, sometimes you smell um I don't know like walking by fresh flowers in fantasy land or something like that. I feel like they could totally invent like a Disneyland smelling uh cube for me. Um, which is kind of a cop out because I, there's so many different smells. Yeah, that's a little bit cheating, but I will let it. I'll let it slide Thank because you. it's genius. I was initially my first thing was like only. I mean, I think Pirates of the Caribbean is like the iconic ride smell, but I also think that a lot of the other rides kind of have. There's just like a weirdly appealing mustiness to like Haunted Mansion, you know. So it's like, mm-hmm. it really is hard to choose, especially when we've been like dreaming of Disneyland all year since it's been closed you know and so I would like to just have like a smell cube where it's like on a rotation of going through a bunch of different Disneyland smells which is and it's totally cheating but thank you for letting me have it (laughs) you're welcome I mean I can't um I can't say no to such a genius idea thank you and you'd be invited to the cube for sure okay great thank you well, my last smell is not as fun, but 
truly is one of my favorite smells now of all time. And it is the Casey Musgraves Boy Smells Candle. Ooh. It is just like my perfect smell. It has enough um, like mustiness and woodsy type smell with a little hint of rose. And it is so good. And I never get sick of it. And I have a hard time even lighting my candle because... I never want it to end. So that's my number one. Yeah, I recently got to smell that Casey Musgraves candle for the first time. And I was really surprised at how it like really did like smell like your room or something. Like the smell I remember before you had that candle and you even moved. Wow. So That's like that comp- is a big compliment. It's a great smell. And it, I was just like, this is so your vibes in my olfactory <laughs> Thank <you. senses." laughs> It was actually kind of like scary. <laughs> like how did she, how did Casey do that? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it's one of those things where buying a candle, because you have to order that before you can even know what it smells like. And that's really risky because those are not cheap. But yeah, I was scared. Really paid off in Casey We Trust. Truly. Did uh, Hazel talk about which smells she missed the most? I can't remember. No, I think in the show she just, um, it's one of the things that she's like trying to explain how oppressive the hub was. And she's like, you don't even have smells. Like you can't recreate human experience. You don't even have any smells. And then, Mm -hmm. so then they're, like, trying to figure out the best smells. (laughs) It's really funny. So funny. On to Made for Love. How did you like it? What were your thoughts? Um, I thought it was so good. I loved it. Um, I thought every actor was amazing. I thought it was... It's one of those things where I feel like we're going to have to have a spoiler section because I want to ask you and discuss like what is the message in this show about like relationships you know because like there's so many things and I even like in the very last scene I was like what like it really had me had me on the edge of my seat like every single episode right up until the very end yeah I thought it was extremely good and um it reminded me of a lot of things I really really love which is another thing that I want to get into with you um so yeah what did you think about it yeah I also I really enjoyed it I had a very fun time watching it yeah I think we will definitely have a little bit of a spoiler section because I do want to discuss the ending with you as well but for the most part it's just like a bunch of people that we really love like every person that showed up I was like I love them and I mean any show that has Patty Harrison we are gonna love Mm -hmm. and also, surprisingly, any show with Ray Romano I love now, apparently. I honestly, I could talk about Ray Romano's career for a long time. <laughs> so add that to the list of things to discuss. <laughs> um, when I was explaining the show to people, I kept saying that it was very similar to Palm Springs, which kind of feels like a cop-out because it has the same main character, Kristen Melody, 
But it really did have, did you agree with that? Do you feel like it has similar vibes? I don't know. Does that make sense? I don't know if I fully get the Palm Springs comparison. Maybe because like the the trappedness. Um, hmm. What what specifically was it to you that was really Palm Springsy? I felt like, like a lot of, of it was similar. The sense of humor, the way that it was filmed. Yeah, like I, it just had the same like fun vibes while also like, yeah, I don't know. But good to know it was just me. No, I can see that. <laughs> I think I was getting hung up on the maybe the plots of both that that didn't remind me of that. But I can see I think if you yeah, I think if you thought Palm Springs was funny, you'll probably also like the humor a lot in this. Yeah, I think it just like the Venn diagram of people who enjoyed Palm Springs, it seems like would also really like this show. Yeah. In my opinion. I can see that for sure. Um I also, I mean, the thing that I was getting, even the trailer, when I watched the trailer a few weeks ago, it's like, it's obviously very Black Mirror because of the technology and relationships. Like, that's basically kind of, that's already a Black Mirror thing, like the overlap of technology and relationships. It's also very funny how much, there's so much, like, kind of related to specifically USS Callister. The episode of Black Mirror that also stars Kristen and Billy Magnuson is also in that same episode, which is very funny. Like just the idea of like this genius man controlling all this, like wanting to kind of trap people in this environment he's in control of. Um, and um, I mean, also, I kept thinking about Smart House like every time they would like step into a cube and change the um environment to whatever new place you wanted to feel like you were in so that was really fun also um the other thing that I kept thinking of too was another vibe thing was maniac um which is kind of like this forgotten show that like we loved but yeah I felt uh very I, I like it's almost like I forgot about maniac too until I watched this yeah, and it was like Maniac also has like the two pronged uh connections. Well, not connections, but there were two things because it has um both shows have Billy Magnuson and then also like the lighting inside of like the offices of the cube mm-hmm. or of the <laughs> of the hub um were very maniac esque. One hundred percent. So yeah, I thought the same thing. Yeah, especially the one um, female scientist, her office was, it looked like it was like straight up out of Maniac, which, and none of these things are a bad thing. None of it took away. It Instead, it just like reminded me of all these other things I really like, and it made it feel like maybe it was taking place in the same universe or something like that. Totally. Yeah. Which, the female scientist is played by um, the badass lawyer in the undoing i was really excited to see her again in such like a different role um and then also our not favorite person from veep uh (laughs) for long was in it as well and that was also really fun to see him Mm -hmm. he's another person that it's like 
usually if he's in the show, I really like the show, but I always hate the character that he's playing. Yeah. <laughs> it was weird to like his this character more than his Veep character because this character was definitely not <laughs> likable, but he wasn't as like disgusting as he is in Veep. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's very accurate. Um, I would say my only my only complaint, the only place where it left me wanting more was like more Patty because everything, every scene she was in, it was like one of maybe my favorite characters I've ever seen her play. Um, mm-hmm. I totally agree. But yeah, I would have loved to see her in literally every episode if I could have. <laughs> yeah, I wish she would have been in more as well. My last note that I have is that I kind of loved how, like, shockingly violent it was at times. Like, there were things Mm -hmm. that happened, and I was like, oh. (laughs) And it just, like, came out of nowhere, and I thought it was really funny, and I liked it. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think it was violent enough. It, like, is, it's usually so quick that I don't think it would, like, scar you for life if you're sensitive to violence. Hard to say, because... We, it wasn't I, like Game of Thrones or anything. No. But it, it was just, yeah, it was very, it was effective at how shocking it was in this show. Especially, like, showing the contrast between inside the hub, which is, like, so sterile. Like, the whole point, like, it's like we said, like, they don't even have smells because this guy, like, can't handle any kind of variance in his day at all and so then once Mm -hmm. the scenes that are taking place outside of the hub you're like whoa like (laughs) there's definitely no blood in the hub you know so it was very um uh effectively used violence I didn't really think about that but that's a really good point thank you one other thing one other pre-spoiler thing I think is that once I finished it I was like honestly this is one of those rare things that I think also could have been an amazing movie. And I never really think that about a TV show. I think usually things would make better TV show than a movie. But I was like, honestly, Mm -hmm. I could have seen this as like a really twisty, turny kind of sci-fi comedy. Mm -hmm. That was just a, a random thought I had after finishing it. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, I think it could have been a good movie too. I think... There might have been some of like character development we would miss from a mo- from a movie, like a lot of the character development of like her dad, Romano's character, or even probably Billy Magnuson's character. Yeah, that's true. And I don't know anything. Do you know anything? Are there plans on the second season? I have no idea. I was wondering that too because the way it leaves you, I'm like, what a great ending. But I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to exploring other things in this world. Mm-hmm. But I think I would prefer it to not have a second season, though. Well, from what I'm reading right now as I'm speaking is that apparently the I'm just seeing like a headline that says the showrunner teased about a second season, but that's all I'm seeing interesting okay so moral of the story we both highly recommend this show it's very fun eight episodes 30 minutes each um very quick and fun spoilers yeah let's go okay it sounded like you had more notes about spoilery things what what do you what do you want to what do you have to say for yourself well 
I think the I think that the main thing with spoilers is literally the ending. Because Yeah, I agree. We end with um the main character, Hazel. She gets Byron, the her deranged ex her her deranged husband, to sign the divorce papers, but also he knows and she doesn't that her dad has cancer and he's like if you come back and live with me in the hub I'll like save your dad and so then it's revealed that she does do that and goes back and recreates her dad's whole house and so he's safe in the hub and she's also in the hub apparently still in a relationship with Byron because they show them holding hands and I was like and then it ends and I was like so shook and I was thinking about it so much because it's like well like she did kind of get Byron to break down a bit so it's like maybe her life Mm -hmm. is a lot better now also she's wearing her same old like real world clothes so I think she does have more of a say in the hub now um and I don't know. I It made me want to ask you, and I still haven't figured out my answer to this question. So I just really like, what do you think that the show's message on like love and relationships is by the end of the show? Because it's also taking into account like her dad in his grief is like views his sex doll as his real like as his partner but he knows that it's synthetic he always calls diane his sex doll his synthetic partner but it's like they kind of make that out to be like kind of a beautiful thing at the by the end and i'm like what is the message here like that's better you know but i don't really think the show is actually saying that it's better for you to have a sex doll that is not a as not a real (laughs) person as your partner you know so i'm just like I'm trying to ask myself the same thing. Like, what are all the different um, statements they're making on relationships, I guess? Yeah, I actually, I haven't really come to a conclusion about that either. I was thinking about that as soon as it ended as well. Like, what, what what am I supposed to be getting from this? Because one of the things I did get from it, um, and like, this wasn't necessarily like a purposeful theme in the show, but it feels like one of the themes in the end was basically if you've been in a situation for 10 plus years, it's more work to leave that situation and start a new life than it is to just go back to that life. If they're promising to make it better for you. Which I don't know if I agree with that. And so, like, I really felt conflicted about the ending, actually. Yeah. Like, I liked it because I thought it was, like, twisty-turny. But I did feel a little bit conflicted on the actual message. It kind of reminds me of our discussion of Promising Young Woman, where it's, like, I love a shock factor. Like, I want Mm -hmm. to have the rug pulled out from under me at the end of a thing. But when I really then get over that and I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yikes, what? Like, I don't, this is weird, especially because they spend most of the whole show up until that point saying how much better real life and real problems that come with living in the real world. Like that's better than living in like a fake quote unquote perfect life where like you actually Mm -hmm. like 
problems yeah they're still problems but they're a good thing so it's just very interesting like and I don't necessarily it's just so funny that like they spent the whole because I was thinking um in the final scene before you know that it's all in the hub and you're I was like this is like kind of a cheesy predictable ending I guess but I'm happy about it because like she's living with her dad and they're happy and it's like yeah, they finally love you, like are expressing love for each other and her dad. I was like, oh, I guess that she's just accepted that he's going to die and she's going to pretend she doesn't know he has cancer or something. And so, but then it's like, obviously they take away what they know is a predictable ending and show her leaving. But I was also like, her dad literally never leaves his, he hates leaving his house. Like, will he, he probably will never know. He doesn't want anything in his life to change. He wants to have a sex doll as a girlfriend. And mm-hmm. maybe the hub is perfect for him because he's like Byron literally doesn't want anything to change because of what he's lived through of his wife dying. So it's just I feel like it's very complex and I'm unpacking it as we speak, which is always really scary because who knows what I'm going <laughs> to say. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like well, I feel like uh, her father will he'll eventually find out because if he actually does get better from the cancer, he's going to feel better and know something is up. So I don't know. I guess I, that does make me intrigued to see more. Um, but I did think that, uh, the two main characters, uh, I don't remember their name. They're like acting names. (laughs) (laughs) um hazel and byron i did think that they had like a really good chemistry in the end and i thought it was fun that she could kind of just like say whatever she wanted and he was still like wanted to be with her and do anything he could to like keep her and so i didn't feel like she was like going back to like a toxic relationship i do think the relationship will be different and changed um but clearly will still take a lot of work but I think something she realized in the real world was that she didn't have a lot because it had been so long and she didn't even know like kind of what she would do or anything like that so I don't know I still feel a little conflicted about the ending but I think talking about it with you right now makes me like it more yeah. be a little bit more supportive yeah I mean it is I think you're right the fact that their relationship is clearly that one conversation in the diner where mm-hmm. she is completely honest and even though it's like I didn't I didn't trust him really at that part from what all we've seen about him but the fact that she mm-hmm. did get him to kind of like humiliate himself by having an orgasm yes was like <laughs> com- well and like him to completely lose control and um <laughs> it was like a weird I did want them to have sex symbol of vulnerability <laughs> um it's like he which he'd never ever done before in this whole 10 years clearly so it's like that I mean maybe that's I feel like there's like 50 different thesis statements in this whole show about relationships um Mm -hmm. because there it's like in that moment it's like you actually can start to build a relationship 
if both people have been vulnerable and relinquished control. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess I would be intrigued to see season two just to see like get more of a glimpse into what the hub is like now for Hazel. Yeah, with having like equal partnership. Mm-hmm. I agree. But wow, it was very fun. A very fun watch. Yeah. And a lot of things that I would never even ever think about. So I yeah. liked it. Yeah, I thought it was very good. Okay, well, who's your crush of the week? I think even though he was such a creep, I think I'm going to go with Billy Magnuson. I feel like <laughs> he is just a really... The first thing I ever saw him in, I think, was Into the Woods. Mm-hmm. And um, didn't know who he was. He was pretty funny in that. Like, one of the... I don't really love that movie, but he was a standout. He was really funny as one of the princes or whatever. And I feel like ever since then, he pops up in, like, literally everything. Um, mm-hmm. Even though sometimes I can't even really remember what his name is. But I'm like, I know that guy. Like, he's in so many things. Mm-hmm. And I was really happy to see him um, be, like, the co-lead of this show. And um, he was very, very good at being this totally scary tech guy. Um but also was a very, very funny in a lot of the scenes where he's showing that he does not understand how humans are. Um, mm-hmm. And I felt like he totally looked, I was just going to say, he totally looked like any type of like tech bro. Yes. Like the look was perfect. He yes. was perfect for that role. It was, it was, he was so well cast. And something weird that I was thinking of at the end when he's in the diner with Hazel um basically right before he has an orgasm so he looks really uncomfortable he i was like <laughs> this guy is clearly a very attractive person but he looks very bad right now and you know who it reminded mm-hmm. me of it reminded me of um john ham at sometimes in mad men he makes Don, like when don draper's like hung over or like at a really low emotional point he looks ugly and it doesn't make sense how <laughs> such an attractive actor can, like, make themselves look not attractive in certain parts when they're acting. And, like, I just think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. So, yeah, I was I was super impressed by him. And I thought he was so funny, even though I also hated him. Um, make, Makes sense. So, yeah. Who is your crush? My crush, I'm going to give it up to uh, Kristen Melody. I really like her, and I'm just really excited to see her in more things. Like, it's surprising that I, that, like, this has kind of, like, her been her breakout year. Because she seems like someone that's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. And I just, she is so beautiful, and... Was really good. She's so good at playing the... I guess it's... I I actually think that you're spot on with the Palm Springs thing. Because her her character in both are very similar. Yeah. She, like... It's almost like they are... They're, they're, they're different. I don't think that it's, like... Um, I, I don't want to make it sound like she's only can play one character this well or anything like that. They're definitely different. But they are really similar that they're, like, really tough but, like, also broken, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, kind of lost. Well, and even, yeah. Um, 
just to um prove that she can't just play one character in made for love she plays like five or six characters probably because she's playing like the hub version of herself and she's playing her actual self with like her dad and then her also she plays like she's the one acting out like the holographic version of herself like when um billy magnuson's character is like trying to win her back in his by role-playing what it would be like to have her back Mm -hmm. like so she has a lot of like hats she wears in it and she does it all very well yeah so she's good i'm surprised that she hasn't been was she nominated for an emmy for uss callister i know that won awards i just can't remember if she specifically did any like got the nominations for that because hmm, great question just just to say that she's like super deserving of all this it doesn't look like she was that's a bummer well i feel like this would be an she an- did win like mtv movie awards most frightened performance <laughs> <laughs> well congratulations mtv's the only group that knows what's up i guess yeah yeah, I feel like th- I would I would be happy if this got like Emmy or Golden Globe attention, but it is also released at a weird time, so we'll see. Yeah. But and I really haven't seen like anyone talking about it other than Patty Harrison. Yeah. It's like the accounts I've seen talking about are Patty Harrison and HBO Max itself. <laughs> so <laughs> But with the people in it, it's like you know it's going to be good. Well, let us know if you watch it, if you've watched it already, how you like it, what you think. We hope you like it as much as we did. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.